Hello and welcome back to Much Do About Rugby, episode 7 this time, where we chat about everything rugby. I'm back again with my two friends, Maxon and Maliki. Maliki after a week off. Um, how are you fellas? Yeah, good thanks mate. Um, back in Cardiff now and uh, yeah, not bad. How about you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you mate. Maxon? Yeah, not too bad, thanks mess. <laughs> right, this week we're going to talk about um, the obvious choice of topic of conversation uh we've only had two matches happen basically globally super since since lockdown started exactly maliki we're gonna we're gonna talk about super rugby and there were two matches that happened on the weekend uh quite early for us in the uk we 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 were up watching both of them bought a little um pass for online and and uh had a nice little group call whilst whilst watching it so we started off the weekend with the Highlanders versus the Chiefs, which was a very exciting game. Uh, Bryn Gatland, son of Warren Gatland, the coach for the Chiefs, who was recently actually voted the, the best uh, manage, uh, coach of all time somehow. Don't know how that happened. But uh, yeah, mm. so Bryn Gatland slotted a drop goal to win the game after McKenzie had slotted a 78th minute drop goal um, to win the game for the Highlanders. I so that point. was... Very exciting. The final result there, 28-27 to the Highlanders. Then later, later on um, in the weekend, early in the morning, about four o'clock for us here, it was uh, a game between the Blues and the Hurricanes that are sold out. Um, Auckland Stadium, forgot the name of it. But yeah, Eden yeah, Park. That, Eden Park. That, that, that one ended up people there. three tries apiece, but the Blues slotting a few more penalties in the Hurricanes and ending up winning... 30 to 20. So a, a very, very good weekend of rugby. Lots of points scored. Let's start with the Highlanders versus the Chiefs. Fellas, man, if I come to you first, what, what was the difference here? Uh, well, having a look at some of the post-match stats, um, the Chiefs had uh, quite a lot of the possession. Uh, they had like 4 54% of it and their territory was 59%. But I think... Uh, the def- the Highlanders' defence was actually really solid, um, meaning that obviously Chiefs weren't able to finish off many of their opportunities. Um, in their backs, they had quite a lot of like run meters in their backs, like 50 meters for McKenzie, 60 something. I can't read my writing for Stevenson, uh, 49 for Tapia, 69 for Wainui, and 42 for Anton Leonard Brown. So like, obviously quite running. Uh, playing quite uh, running rugby, but as you, as seen in the game, they only managed to get like a couple tries. Um, and yeah, I'd say down to the Highlanders' defence, to be honest, and just grind it out a bit to a bit of a sweaty win. I, th- I don't think the Highlanders' defence... Like, I'm going to slightly disagree with you. I don't think their defence was that good. I don't think I'd say that that was the reason that they won the game. And... The reason I'd say, well, okay, some people would say it was good, but I mean, thinking they missed a lot of tackles. Um, they missed twenty-four tackles versus Chiefs eleven. Um, but the difference is, I feel like they made far more dominant tackles despite missing some tackles. Um, and I think that was quite a good tactic employed to be slightly more physical and trying to be more aggressive in the tackle. Um, based on the new breakdown laws, which I know Ed, you're you're going to talk about a little bit, but yeah. Um, they it basically meant that it, when you make a dominant tackle, you're far more likely to be able to get a turnover. And this is what I think we saw Highlanders doing quite a lot of. Um, they had 16 turnovers uh, versus Jeez. the Chiefs versus the Chiefs five. Um, 
a lot of That's them mad. came from um Dylan Hunt, who had a really, really good game. Yeah, he was sick. Um and he was his tackling was also really, really good. Um surprisingly a cup a couple actually came from Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith was the te- second highest tackler. Um and he also had the second what? second highest number of turnovers one. Um, How many did he get? He had oh he had two. Dylan Hunt had three. Dylan Hunt seventeen I, tackles. Aaron Smith I didn't nine. Think Aaron, I didn't think Aaron Smith could tackle to be honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I would say was probably the deciding factor. I just feel like they are far more aggressive in defence. Can, can I just say though to, to kind of almost disagree with you because I, I I I don't know one one stat that I found quite interesting was that the Chiefs were actually more more disciplined in the game. They only conceded they only conceded twelve penalties and the Highlanders conceded sixteen. I mean, yeah, I, I was going to speak about this anyway, but I just think that shows that, like, despite the Chiefs being more disciplined, like, the amount of turnovers that were, in like, not called by the ref as a penalty, obviously just outweighed the Chiefs and yeah, gave, yeah, gave because the Highlanders that, the game. That's because the Highlanders would, would, were trying to turn over at far more breakdowns than the Chiefs were. You've also got McKenzie. McKenzie missed a kick. Yeah, um, it was right from the touchline. To be fair, don't don't know what minute that was in, but he did he did miss one, which obviously would have goal, I think would have won them the game, probably, possibly. Who knows? Who knows how it would have turned out? But yeah. I think that's just another another point to to note. Um, what do we reckon about the Chiefs and the Highlanders then going into the next few games and in the general run of the competition? To be honest, um, I don't know. On paper, I just don't back the Highlanders that much. Like before the game, I would definitely put the Chiefs down to win that. But I don't know, as we see the scoreline suggests otherwise. Um, I, I, I think on, with Gatland, at, yeah, with Gatland at coach, I think they can only really improve. And they got a good squad. Um, they got a lot of good players. So I think Chiefs will probably get better. I'm just not so sure about the Highlanders. Mm. But we'll I, have to see. I think I was. I'm relatively new to to Super Rugby. I'm, I watch far more Northern Hemisphere Rugby. So in that Highlanders team, I, I didn't know a particular, particularly many of the players, but I think that the performances they put out re- actually really impressed me. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Highlanders sort of actually improving in a way. I mean, Dylan Hunt was super impressive. I also think that um, Tomkinson at inside centre um, and Thompson mm. were pretty strong. I know Tomkinson... And Thompson sort of combined for for their first try, um, and with Aaron Smith sort of running the game the way he did, if he carries on doing that, I I just think they'll probably get quite a lot better. Yeah, he's, he's can solid. I just say as well that they have the addition, um, recent transfer of Nehim on the scanner to add. <laughs> yeah, so, that'd be exciting when he comes in. I uh, yeah, I, I mean, you saw him at the World Cup twenty fifteen. He's a bit of a step 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 so, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're looking forward to seeing him back and playing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think mo- moving on from that game, obviously the Highland the Highlanders won. Um, I I don't know I don't know if it if it was just the Chiefs didn't quite turn up. The crowd I think may have had something to do with it. I mean the crowd it was actually packed out in Forsyth Bar in Dunedin. Um, the zoo, the zoo which is one of the, the the end they have there with all the students and stuff went absolutely crazy when that final drop goal went over. But um, yeah, I think a, a good start to Super Rugby in in New Zealand and um. Hopefully it, it continues in the way that it has been. Who do you reckon was the the like player of the match in that game? Anne. Ian Smith. Do you reckon? Aaron Smith. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Mackenzie personally, despite despite the Chiefs losing, but I, I think Mackenzie showed his class again. He's he's a very class. Yeah. Player. 
Mackenzie did well. He um I think he got three turnovers, like a try assist and and quite a decent amount of meters. And he but, also got five out of six kicks as well. Yeah, yeah, he had a good game. My beloved D-Mac. Yeah. Gotta give props to uh, Bryn Gatlin though for getting that drop goal. It's def- <laughs> definitely Aaron Smith for me though, to be honest. Because if if you look at so I actually looked a bit like further into the last ten minutes. I just think okay, the game was won in the last ten minutes, and if you look at the way that Aaron Smith ran the game, firstly for Bryn uh, Brian Gatlin's drop goal, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian Gatlin. Um, and then, um, secondly, just to close it out, and also for that first try, he like the the passes he was picking, um, and especially the final pass was obviously the perfect option. And he went through and had a had a offload for a try. So I think it's got to be Aaron Smith, and also defensive effort. Yeah. Okay. Those last few moments were absolute gas. Yeah. They were deep. Exactly. Nice one. Anything else about the match that you thought was particularly noticeable? Should we talk, Ed? Do you want to talk a bit about the the, the penalty count? Yeah, that's the main. That's fair. That was the big point. To be fair. Yeah, I think it's, it's quite a good link. I think it's quite a good link between both games. Mm. So I I looked I looked at the stats. I've already said that there were like sixteen penalties conceded by the Highlanders, twelve against the Chiefs. <laughs> so that's twenty eight overall. Like that's one every what two two three minutes. That's What's quite what, a lot of penalties. What would the normal count for, like, say, like, beforehand? What would the, like, or, like, a I would test say about be? 20, 20 or so. I think it's so normally fair. slightly... I think in premiership games, it tends to be about 25. International games, it's normally a bit less. Um, so about, like, yeah, and then, okay, so in the Blues game, which we're going to come on to in a couple of minutes, um, it is a penalty count of 30. And that is that is one every two and a half minutes. Like, Jeez. that's... That's quite a lot of penalties. They all seem yeah. to be um, for like the same kind of thing, though. Like most fruit, yeah, especially okay. in the so Blues I did actually, game. I, I, not- I noticed this. Uh, well, I actually noticed it more in the Highlanders versus Chiefs because I only actually fully watched the second half of, of the Blues versus Surrey games. But in 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 the in in the Highlanders match, like there was one there was one moment where I think it was Dylan Hunt went over the top of a rock and literally clawed back at the ball, literally waved at it. Didn't really touch it. Got com- completely cleaned out, and the referee gave a penalty. And to I, who? To, to Dylan Hunt for for like holding on to the ball. The guy on the ground oh. was holding on to the ball. Oh right. So and I was like, is that really a penalty? Like surely, I know they want to keep the game quick, but he was literally on the ball for about half a second, and the referee gave a penalty. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's not really helping speed up the game. If he can't survive the clean out, then you gotta you gotta um you know sort sort it out yeah but i I just think that there was there wasn't much leniency in at all in 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 the rules yeah um, yeah yeah. based around especially at rug time i i just think they did like they're saying they want to play a quicker brand of rugby whatever or trying to ref it in a way that it makes it faster but it really doesn't help yeah in the short term every time someone gets on the ball you've it, for these first like two games you've got to kind of expect there to be some kind of reaction um or it's, it's going to be a lag for the reaction in terms of when it's actually going to make a difference i agree with you that right now obviously um right now obviously it won't make it's actually probably being a detriment because the players um, are still challenging at a lot of rocks and it's it's causing a lot of penalties, especially when like a game's in um, flow. But I think in the longer term, when they actually get used to the rules, yeah. 
um it will actually speed it up and i think that that's that was like shown i think it's quite different in the northern hemisphere and southern hemisphere as well i know the southern hemisphere have changed the rules a bit going into super rugby this um this year but i noticed that you can get away with hold holding onto the ball on the floor for a lot longer in like the premiership than you can in in general super rugby yeah, I've I've noticed so as well as there being a lot of penalties being given away for holding on at ruck time, um, there are also a lot of penalties for offside. I think it says something about New Zealand rugby in general because, like, watching internationals, <laughs> they are constantly offside. Like, it's actually stupid. And we talk about people like Maratoje being constantly offside. Like the whole New Zealand team is constantly offside. I think that was kind of shown in the way that their Super Rugby's played and. The fact that there's been a bit of a refereeing change and they're really um, cracking down on, on yeah. any sort of penalty that could be given away, they can now basically they're going to get get penalised for it, which is good. But at the same time, it is slowing the game down a yeah. bit. I think yeah. they were just saying there's like no benefit of the doubt. Like either you're onside, like obviously onside, or you're offside. So I think that's like yeah. where it's going to be. Well, I mean, different. that's what Richie McCaw built his career off, really, wasn't it? So... <laughs> Being offside. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys watch the video so, of how, when they actually explained the rules and explained the new offside rules? Some of the videos of the, of players being offside is actually so funny because they're so blatantly offside. It's like <laughs> fully capped All Blacks players, like so far <laughs> offside, playing Super Rugby. I was like, I've Spoles. been seeing this for years. This is so annoying to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so uh, it's good that they're cracking down. Hopefully, uh, people like Kieran Reid or just get a couple of meters back behind behind the rock next time. But uh, yeah, so mo- moving on, we've got we've got the Blues versus the Hurricanes that happened happened as well on the weekend. Thirty twenty to the Blues. Uh, exciting game. Three tries apiece. So. Six tries, but obviously the Blues got a few more, few more penalties in the end. Um, I th- I thought um, it was a really really good game, almost almost better than the exciting finish, as as a whole game. I definitely preferred um, it to than, than the, the Highlanders to yeah. the Chiefs. What how how do you think the Blues actually won won that game? Yeah, I think it was sort of a combination of things. The first thing I'd say, as cliche as it is, probably just doing the simple things well or the simple things better than the Canes did. Um, I know the the Canes line out operated absolutely terribly, um, especially when they most needed it. Um, in attack. Yeah, I've got stats on that actually. The, yeah, go on. The the Canes missed five line outs compared to the Blues two. Yeah. So that's that's kind of probably if your set piece isn't what isn't working fluently, then yeah. you're not gonna challenge really. Yeah, it's good working there from the Blues players as well, exactly. though. And getting a lot of steals. Yeah, and the good thing, the, the other thing to note about line out is, I feel like given that there's a lot more penalties being given, line outs are gonna be far more important for the Super Rugby teams because they're gonna be getting a lot more line outs off penalties kicked into touch. Um, and I think that's one area that the Blues really sort of excelled in. I know Tom Robinson uh, led in line-out steals. He had two. Um, and Josh Goodhue, I mean, good Goodhue, he took... Is that Jack Goodhue's brother? I don't know. I mean, he took, six out, of, <laughs> he took six out of the eight Blues line-outs. Um, which was which was quite interesting. But I just feel like the Canes needed to sort of hit the, be a bit more varied in their, in their line-out, but... 
yeah, I yeah. feel like that that went that was detrimental for them really. Hundred percent. I think um building on that, uh with like the good work of the 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 forwards for the blues, the backs were able to like uh finish off what the the kind of forwards were starting. Um in a way that they were like making long meters and being Lord defenders got Caleb Clark with 105 meters in the game. And he, I think he came off in like the 60th or 70th minute, something like that. So that's pretty insane. Um, he also uh, beat five, five defenders. Uh, Mark Talia with 68 meters and uh, beating 10 defenders, which is pretty impressive because I think in that's his third game in a row, if you count the games before the the coronavirus that he's being 10 defenders in a game so that's pretty good and then obviously got Bodhi with 62 and Rico with 52 as well also just like adding a bit of pace to the game show like free running rugby which obviously you can see in the um, first try of Caleb Clark which is pretty impressive I like that one a lot yeah it was also a pretty bad defensive error in my opinion though I think it was Vince Arso he sort of bit in a bit too narrow on um Rico Iwani, and obviously he's just going to skin you around the outside. Um, Rico's just too dank, mate. Yeah, which is which is not ideal. One thing to note though is actually on on the subject of Rico Iwani, his um his his defense wasn't wasn't the best for a third. He missed quite a few tackles. Yeah, he missed forty percent of his. Uh, well, he missed four out four out. He missed four tackles and he made ten, which yeah. is not really what you want to see. Um, yeah. from a third. He, he is a natural winger, in my opinion, but I think. With the 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 selection of the Blues backs, um, I think like that's where he's going to be playing. But then again, I with Joe March and now the team, I don't I don't really know where he's going to fit in to be honest. Because with Caleb Clark and Talia like out like really standing out in um on the wings, and I think TJ Fion Fiani yeah, had a good game about, and Rico. I was about to say about him. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a very good twelve actually. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets a chance playing for the All Blacks at yeah. some point soon. I just but, don't know um, where. Where also you've Joe got okay a, a player who I thought like really personified what the Blues were about in that game was their fly half, mm. Terra Black. He yeah, actually he did well, had really well because because there's been there's he's 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 taken a bit of a jip recently, basically about the fact that Bowden Barrett's come into the Blues obviously along with Dan Carter, and they're obviously both two world-class 10s. So you think, where does a Terra Black fit in here? Like, is he a, a, good, a good enough to keep his place in the team? And honestly, I'd be really surprised if a Terra Black got dropped for Dan Carter in the next game. Like, he really, he controlled the game. He got all his kicks. Like, it was a really classy performance, and he didn't get player of the game. We'll talk about who did in a minute, but... Personally, I think he just did everything that was necessary. Max and talked about doing the basics well, and he Making did that. Hundred percent kicks, yeah, literally. Yeah, getting those kicks know. literally secured the win. He was good, but I th- I think we actually spoke about it in in the first pod about I mean how hard is it to to really shine when you've got the back line you do outside you playing so well. I mean you d- you give the ball to Rico Iwani. He makes meters. You don't really have to try super hard to put him through a gap. Give it to Mark Talia. He'll do something. Caleb Clark, TJ Farney, Bowen Barrett, literally any back he can distribute. Yeah, but he's still he's still gonna make the, the make strings. the decisions and control and control the game and um, manipulate the defense almost to put people through the gaps and make the pass over the top or whatever. So I think 
But he did. But he, he just wasn't did doing the basics. That. Well. He wasn't doing that. It was Sam Nock was doing the majority of kicking with Bowden Barrett. Otero Black only made only made five kicks from hand. Bowden Barrett made nine, and Sam Nock made ten. They were playing most most kicking off off nine, and Bowden Barrett was kicking for corner, which was which was absolutely exceptional. His kicking for the corner, like he he was he was getting every single meter out of it. Good. Can I just say another thing that was really good about the Blues kicking for the corner was at the moment the penalty was given, it was the ball goes straight to Bowden Barrett and the ball's straight into touch. Like there's no yeah. messing about. You, they definitely like, played a ter- territory game a bit. They, getting, they played a territory out. game, but they played played a fast game as well. They knew they they probably thought they were a bit fitter than the than the Kane. Knew what they were doing, and um, just just wanted to get the game going again because I think that's the way the Blues Blues traditionally play. They like to play a really fast fast tempo. Um, try and get the ball wide, and it doesn't really help if you're stopping the game. You got thirty penalties in the game, so it doesn't really help if you're then stopping for scrums as well, and you're taking ages to take those penalties. Mm. Like you want to keep the game game flowing and going quickly in in your favour. I think the Blues did that really well as well. True, uh, I I think we are focusing quite a lot on how on the Blues being good, but I also think the Canes were absolutely terrible. I mean, they I I. I they got turned over twenty eight times versus Blues ten. I know. I was watching one of their one of the, the Blues tries where it was a little inside ball, and I was looking and like the forward pack were literally all basically all on one side of the ruck. It was actually embarrassingly bad. Um, like as we said, line outs. It. I mean, it was put on a plate for the Blues. I I know at half time I was thinking, how are the Blues not winning by far more? This is actually not very good from them and i think I'd, they should they i'd like to say go on the uh the canes didn't really play their strongest team i know the blues blues probably didn't ah uh, who knows they 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 played a pretty strong team yeah, I think blues the canes had a lot of a lot of people on the bench that came on should have made an impact but didn't really because the game was already against them like who Ardi Sever, is that the only Ardi one Sever, Ver, Ver yeah, yeah, they did have a few good um, bench players, but I'm not sure why they didn't start. But did you know? Did you know that TJ Perinara is their? Is he their captain? Most lippy captain. Uh, I think so. Don't know, yeah. but he got co- completely outplayed. I thought Sam Knock was pretty exceptional. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty young. That guy as well. Got yeah. a nice trim as well. I mean, nice he's got great trim. Talking yeah. of trims, did you guys see that guy in the crowd? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that. But he had he had the front the front half of his head completely shaved off. For those of you that don't know, and the back half of his head was about shoulder length. It was absolutely hilarious. Great lid. <laughs> That's so funny. Big respect. I think you should respect. get that, Ed. Ed, can we just yeah, can we just come back? Ed, I, I, I really don't take your point about the Canes not fielding their best team. It's kind of it's kind of BS. Like that <laughs> that was their best team. That was the best Other team they have. Ardi Ardi Sever hasn't played, mate. He hasn't done. I don't think he's been so. Injured. I also think people. I, I also. I think people like Alex Fidal and Asafo Amur. I know you got Dane Coles, but like they're he, he still was big pretty impact good. Off like, the bench, yeah, like they're they're big impact players. They should they should be really scoring more points in the second half with that kind of bench. Yeah, I think the point that Ed's trying to make is that when they did bring on their bench, they didn't make much of an impact. They weren't very impactful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that maybe that's more the point I'm trying that's to make. That's true, but still, I think the Blues. Blue should have killed them and it should have been over by the end of the first half. Yeah. Talking mate. about um well you, you we we talked about um you know the first the first um <laughs> the first try or I think it was the first try that uh Caleb Clark scored. 
It was it was a really classy Blues try, but there was a try I think in the game that best did that. That was Dane Cole's try in the corner. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. It was a dank try. I I definitely prefer Caleb Clark. Caleb Clark. And this is why a few weeks ago in our se- in our second episode, this is why I put Dane Cole's in the team in, in the yeah, true. It's literally team. what you said. Because, uh, because I said, well, A, he's got gas. Like, he literally ran that in like a winger would. Secondly, he absolutely tore into Bowden Barrett all game. Yeah, you know, yeah. What, else, like, you know what else he did, Ed? He, he screwed up that oh. line out, which made them lose the game. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I think he lost them. I blame, I blame the lifters. Blame the lifters, I, he, mate. Okay, the job, the job he needs to do as a hooker like is it's it's like he's he doesn't have the foundations and he's doing all this flary stuff on top. Obviously line out's not just his fault, but I, I know I was watching a number of the throws and they were underthrown and that is Dame Cole's fault. So he he'll be annoyed at himself that he's done that. It's all well and good like scoring a flashy try, but he probably gave away more points if you if you calculated it from from screwing up line outs. But why was he even on the wing anyway? Because he's got they play they play they play one three three yeah they play one three three ones so they oh, have so they basically have like quick forwards on the or qu- one quick forward on the wings and then they have two pods of three yeah two pods of three in the middle that's how the forwards play and then they'll just ping it between the, the two threes so I know you would have noticed I think it was the Canes especially they do this so TJ will basically play between the threes in the middle so. It's Three, two pods of three forwards and he'll just play it like a ladder up the pitch and then then from one three he'll ping it and then that's that's how Dane, Dane Cole's actually scored because they I think they had they had it in a three and then they just went bang one and Dane Cole's had a shit ton of room and just absolutely gassed it it was an incredible finish to be fair but that's also yeah, what mate, you get from having Bowden Barrett at 15 who is not a defensive 15 he could have, he put in a good effort though, but did get a bit bored. Do, 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 do you not think? Do you not think um, the Canes have been massively affected by not having as good a ten as Bowden Barrett there anymore? Because I mean, Jackson Garden Batshaw yeah. was the ten he, for the he, Canes. He kicked pretty bad games. To be he's fair. fairly, he's fairly average. I mean, he used to play for the Rebels, and the Rebels were never any good. So, yep, I think like, you're right. I think you are right. right. Um, I mean, I think that's particularly true because. I, I think the I don't think he fed Lamape very well, and I don't think they fully utilized him in a way that they yeah, could. I think they tried to, but he just wasn't as effective. Yeah, because the ten is the ten was worse. He, he couldn't put him in in the gaps that potentially in the past he would have been able to go in. And if you look at a lot the of Hurricanes. his tries in the past, a lot of them have come from breaks from the from the Barrett brothers, and he he'll be on yeah. the shoulder. Yeah, mate. I'll tell you who didn't. They, they didn't yeah, have. Yeah, Ge- Geordie. Yeah, Geordie Mr. Barrett. Big Mr. Twiglegs himself. Geordie Barrett wasn't even in the game. <laughs> big, smallest, smallest legs in world rugby. Yeah, even I've got big I mean, I suspect him. he actually would maybe kick, uh, kick all goals. Um, yeah, yeah. He, I think he, he, he would have been at fifteen though. Or can he play ten? Yeah, he's also, he's also just a better player. He's absolutely, he's, he's bigger than yeah, he looks. Geordie, Geordie's he's absolutely massive. Six foot five like, or something. Who did, who, who did play? So they had Chase Tiatia. Who I don't, I've never yeah, even heard never of heard playing a fullback. He was alright. So sometime. the moment they, the moment they get, um, you know, Geordie, Geordie Barrett, he got completely, think, um, he got completely uh, stepped by Mark Talia though, or like massive hand yeah. on it, like went to the ground. I was doing. Yeah, Mark Mark Talia is a very classy player. Can we talk about other uh, some some of the some of the young players that the Blues have, please? Because the player of the game, even even though I said 
it should have been a terror black. There was someone equally as deserving uh, in Hoskins Tutu, the number eight for the Blues. He's an absolute monster. What do we make of him? Beast. Um, really good attacking game. Made 51 meters in the game, which is pretty sick. Like that's like on par with um, like Rico in that game, pretty much. And uh, yeah. every I think and every time he got the ball in, he looked he like looked like he was gonna just like make meters, like pretty hard to take down. Which is good. I think just a generally pretty good complete all round performance. Um, yeah, I was pretty impressed by him. I'd also I had I'd never heard of him before. Um, he's, and definitely he's been doing well recently. Yeah, I mean, he definitely left an impression on me for sure. He's also got the freshest trim. Yeah, ever. I think he was one of the um, players to like sign with the Blues full time with like Harry Plummer and, and someone else. Oh really? Yeah, his, I actually rated his trim too fair. I actually thought it was pretty sick. He used to have proper like dreads before. <laughs> But I actually quite liked his trip. Mm. But, um, yeah, he was good in defense as well. He he is he is a monster, and uh, I I think he's probably the next big All Black number eight. Yeah, he's definitely. I think I, it. I seen something which is um it was like who do you think are like the big? It's like him, and um what's his name? That guy Christie is that his name? Who plays for the Crusaders? Sam Christie, the the ginger bloke. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, oh, I don't know. The Crusaders uh, back row player though. I think he's called oh, Christie no. or something. But yeah, it's like them two are the next two like big ones. But yeah, yeah I think Hoskins he took on. Made... I think he did a job though, really, because the, the, that Blues pack doesn't have a huge amount of ball carriers in there. I think the the only it's ones I'd really Lassie, look at are Tutu Pilotu. and Tup- yes, yeah, Satutu and Tutu Pilotu. But if you look at Blake Gibbs and Tom Robinson, I I would argue they're from what I've seen of them more defensive players, especially Tom Robinson, he was really strong defensively. Blake Gibson some of the Blake, Blake Gibson some of the hits he was making was absolutely outrageous. He was absolutely he was smashing people. Um, <laughs> why why are you saying Blake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why are you saying Blake? It's just a funny name, I think. Nah, yeah. Hoskins Hoskins is good, I think. Blake Gibson Hoskins is good. Yeah. What about what about Caleb Clark? He's he's a he's like um Julian Savera. Yeah, he was good. Shall we shall we decide our our player of the round? Yeah. Um, Let's all Ed Ed. Do you wanna do you wanna put your pitch in for Terry Black? I I want Otero <laughs> Black, please. I love him. He's my favorite. I love no, him. I'll tell you, the thing is, the thing is as as well about Otero Black is that he, despite despite Bowden Barrett leaving the uh, leaving the Canes. He actually played for the Canes as well. Yeah, he moved away from the Canes. <laughs> he get, moved away. Get, so the Canes <laughs> have literally they they they've lost two fly halves and they've gained what Jackson Garden Bash at the most average one in the world. Mate. Yeah, I would like. I'd be interested who, if Geordie plays turn. Mal, who do you um who do you rate for player of the round? I'm a bit torn between uh, Hoskins and I think Caleb Clark was pretty dank when he was on just gas him up a bit more but um i think probably hoskins just because he uh yeah had a pretty good standout performance and oh yeah one thing i also wrote down is that he didn't actually concede any penalties in the game which is pretty good considering like he's still quite young like obviously i know you might expect him to be maybe a bit, be not as disciplined because he's a bit mm. younger and made a lot of tackles as well yeah and i think i'm weighing up i i think a terry black was good but uh, I don't think he was played around. Um, although his kicking was good, but it wasn't really like. I don't think it was a hundred percent required. Not required. I say required, required, but in this game, it wasn't. Required, it wasn't the make or break thing. It wasn't like and the kick won the match. Um, yeah. I'd say it's between Satutu for for kind of carrying the Blues pack, um, 
uh, to be, with two Pilotti, to be fair, and Caleb Clark, uh, and also I'd also chuck Aaron Smith in there. Um, Stop gassing up Aaron Smith. He's a little dickhead. I don't like him at all. <laughs> he was outrageously good. He carried the Highlanders, yeah, that's, that's carried what the Highlanders so bad. That's, that's what annoys me even more, the fact that he is actually dank. I just don't don't like him. Yeah. No. yeah. So who's, who's your choice, Mackie? For that, I'm, I'm going to say Aaron Smith. Fair. So we all have different choices. So we're going Hoskins Tutu, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna go with Hoskins because Hoskins. Okay. Because sure, he was. He was. He there, did yeah. actually get. He did get Player of the Match in his game as well. Um, yeah, he's a, he's he's a very good player. Most yeah. exciting um, player, Caleb Clark. Yeah, yeah. Predictions for next round, lads. I think the games are Chiefs versus Blues, Canes versus Crusaders on Sunday. That is it. That you got that. What? Um, what do you I reckon? Think, I think. I think the Blues will beat the Chiefs, hopefully. And, <laughs> and I think the Crusaders will absolutely bomb the Hurricanes. Blues, yeah. blues I by five. You also five. do have to take, into, by five, take into account home advantage. Blues by five, Crusaders by 20. Yeah, I think the, I think the Chiefs game will be, Chiefs-Blues game will be close. And blues yeah. by 50, Crusaders <laughs> by 70. Yeah, Stupid let's, let's be honest. I'm excited to see the Crusaders play. Their back line is dang. Seriously, yeah, it's a bit seriously insane. It's, it's all black central, isn't it? May is ridiculous. Seven yeah. Jack, Good Hugh, some other guys. <laughs> Can't remember Richie, Ma- Richie Mwangi. Yeah, Richie Mwangi. Yeah. Um, Braid Enna. Braden Enner. Oh name? yeah, Braden Enner. He's he's a young he's a young gun. Another one. Yeah, very excited for this weekend. And that about wraps up for this episode of Much Much Ado About Rugby. Thank you very much for listening. Do make sure you go and follow our Facebook page. Um, also, we are now on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. So if you want to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, then please do. Um, Five star, please. Also. Go, go and follow our Instagram page if you haven't already. That's been up for a few weeks now. At Much Ado About Rugby, all lowercase. And thank you very much for listening. See you in the next one. Bye-bye. Rugby.